Hello, fellow cinephiles. My name's Ben, and this is the Real Movies Podcast. So, unfortunately, we have to start this week with um, a couple of sad headlines. Um, first of all, it was reported that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie have filed for divorce from one another. And um, just recently, I also heard that uh, the the paperwork is moving forward and this thing is actually real. Um, just really hit a sad situation. Just kind of the Hollywood it couple for the past, you know, 10 years or whatever. And I know they've got a, a bunch of kids and um, it's going to be really hard on them, I'm sure. Um, so just, just, just pretty sad. Um, and I know I think they both have a couple of films coming out. Um either by the end of the year or sometime early in 2017. Uh, so I'm just very interested to see how, um, you know, their careers progress after this and um, just where things lie um, as this whole, as the whole thing settles. Um, also a couple of deaths in the industry to report. Um, sadly, Curtis Hansen, uh, filmmaker Curtis Hansen died uh, about a week or two ago. Um, this guy directed films such as eight mile and um, LA confidential. I'm sure many of you have seen most of those, or if if not both, one or both of those. I just watched uh, L.A. Confidential again myself on uh, the night of his passing. Uh, just an excellent, excellent film, and obviously Eight Miles a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, just a sad a sad day to hear about the loss of Curtis Hansen. And also um, Herschel Gordon Lewis, who is considered by many to be the godfather of gore. He made the first splatter horror films, which means uh, he was really the first to use um, blood and gore in uh, a, a film that was designed to really you know, be a horror film. Um, things like Blood Feast, uh, 2000 Maniacs, Moonshine Mountain. Um, this guy, I think he was like 87 years old. And um, it's funny because Arrow Video announced earlier this year that they were going to be releasing all of uh, Lewis's films in a, a Blu-ray collection, uh, sometime in October. And, um, it's just kind of crazy to see, uh, how popular the set's gonna, I, I don't know what the market was before, but now that he's gone, I'm sure this thing is going to sell like gangbusters now. So, um, if you can find the Herschel Gordon Lewis feast, Herschel Gordon Lewis feast, a Blu-ray set on Amazon or uh, anywhere else on the internet, it's probably going to be worth uh, getting your hands on sooner rather than later after eBay collectors get a hold of it and prices go through the roof. Um, so yeah, I've seen a couple of this guy's films there. They're just super cheesy and uh, the gore is all like, you know, animal parts and stuff. These are all made in like the sixties and seventies and stuff. So it all looks like super dated, but they're just kind of a lot of goofy fun. So if you ever have a chance to see a film uh, by HG Lewis, make sure you take the time to, uh, to sit down and get through it, especially during this Halloween season. Um, on to a little bit uh, brighter news. Um, Martin Scorsese has been working on a project for some time now called Silence um, that I believe is about um, Spanish missionaries. Um, and it, uh, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not it's going to come out this year, especially in time for um, the Oscar race. And it seems like they finally confirmed that it's going to be released this year, despite not having any uh, poster art, no no uh, marketing material just yet, no trailers or anything. 
Um, but it's expected to be released um, sometime in December in time for the Oscar race. So, yeah, this is this has been a hotly anticipated film. I think it's got uh, Liam Neeson and Andrew Garfield in it. Um, so it looks pretty good. I've seen um, a, there there are maybe two pictures you can find on IMDb of the actors. Um, but, you know, like I said, there's been no no official artwork from the studios or any trailers yet or anything like that. But we can only assume those are coming down the pike pretty soon. Um, and the, the, the first cut, I think, of the film is around is almost three and a half hours. Um, so we'll see if Scorsese decides to trim it down to under three or if he decides to keep it at that length. Um, so yeah, this will be interesting to, to keep, to keep watching over the next uh, couple of months until it's released sometime in December. Um, what else do we have here? Let's see. Oh, Phantasm, uh, it was an old horror movie from 1979, just got a uh, 4k remaster at the hands of JJ Abrams and his bad robot team. And for Art House Theater Day on uh, the 24th of September, the the 4K restoration uh, screened at theaters all over the country, and I was fortunate enough to get to see it. It was my first time ever watching Phantasm. It is uh, it's it's a piece of work. It's it does. It, I think some of the effects are a bit dated, and obviously some of the um, uh, like production design looks a little. Uh, very of the era, but, um, just really quite unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, it's kind of, I thought it was a little bit slow paced, but, uh, but it was still really good. It was, you know, it gave, it provides some images and things you haven't really seen in a horror film before. And I can appreciate, you know, especially at the time that it was released. Um, it was something that was wholly unique if, if not, if it's not still today. Um, so yeah, if, I think the, the um, Sci-Fi Channel on cable is going to be broadcasting um, the 4K remaster of Phantasm on uh, Thursday, October, October 6th for its 31 Days of Halloween uh, movie marathon. And I'm not sure if it's going to repeat broadcasts at all um, during the course of the month. But even if it doesn't, I think it's coming out on Blu-ray sometime in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. It's uh, very much worth your time, uh, whether you're a fan or if you haven't seen it before. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, also, we have... Uh, I got to see The Magnificent Seven. I know it's been a little while since I've kind of uh, talked about some of my reviews. Um, I got to see The New Magnificent Seven with Denzel Washington and uh, Chris Pratt and Ethan Hawke. And it's actually very good. It's um, it's the popcorn movie I've been waiting to see really all year. Um, just, you know, totally unpretentious. It doesn't try to, uh, you know, outdo the 1960 version or even the Seven Samurai that Akira Kurosawa did. Absolutely classic film. Um, this is just good old fashioned, you know, Hollywood movie making at its finest. You just all practical effects and, you know, action and movie stars. And, um, it's, it was really, really cool. I enjoyed it. Just, just sheer entertainment from beginning to end. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, there, there's not, there's nothing really to complain about. It, it knows what it, it knows what, it, excuse me, it knows what it is. It knows what it wants to be. And, uh, the film's better for it. Um, maybe there's some, I think there was, uh, maybe one or two points where, um, it kind of slowed down a bit, especially after the, the magnificent, like the seven guys kind of get, uh, they all come together like pretty fast and pretty early on in the movie. And, um, 
after they all kind of come together, the writing sort of slogs maybe in a couple of places. But other than that, I thought it was really, really great. Um, all the actors had ample time to shine, um, despite, you know, obviously Denzel and Chris Pratt and some, and Vincent D'Onofrio and Ethan Hawke and these guys with the bigger names are going to have more screen time than like your Byung-Hun Lee's and, um, Martin Sensmeyer's and all these other guys who were in it. But, um, everybody, you know, it's satisfying the amount of screen time that everybody had. So, um, if you haven't been able to see Magnificent Seven yet, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, get out and see that one in theaters while you can. Um, also, I got to see Queen of Cotway, uh, which is another really good movie. Just kind of your standard um, Disney sports drama. It's about a girl in um, in Uganda who just this was just a couple of years ago. Actually, she was like one of the best chess prodigies in the world, and um, she just you know went through and won all kinds of championships. It's kind of like a searching for Bobby Fischer type story. Um, the acting in it is just tremendous. Lupita Nyong'o plays the girl's mother. Um, and she just is fabulous in everything she does. So, um, she's great. And then, uh, David, Oli- David Oyelowo plays the, uh, the chess coach. Um, you know, just a really great role for him. Um, and just another one that everybody gets to flex their muscles dramatically, but it also, you know, they provide just satisfying crowd pleasing, uh, stuff all the way through. So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely one to check out. Um, I guess in the coming weeks here, we've got, uh, Birth of a Nation, which, um, you definitely will have my thoughts on pretty soon. Um, hopefully next week I will be back with, uh, Dan and Frankie. Um, we've also got, um, a couple of, uh, we're getting closer to Halloween, so we're going to be looking at, uh, more talk with horror movies specifically. I know, I think Frankie found a list of the 18 most chilling horror movie endings, from uh, Screen screen Crush, I think. And I was looking at that, and, you know, the, there are some of them on there I agree with and some that I don't agree with, and others that didn't make the list at all that I think absolutely deserve to be. So that will we'll probably dedicate an entire episode to discussing um, the best horror movie endings at some point here in the next month. Um, also, I'm, doing, I'm still doing my list of uh, things to watch during Halloween season. You can find that at therealmoviesblog.blogspot.com. And I share it frequently on my Facebook and Twitter page. You can follow me on Twitter at the Real Benny C, and you can find the Real Movies blog on Facebook. Um, lastly, it's some of these this other thing I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm going to look to maybe bring a few more guests onto the show. Um, I know it's fun talking, you know, with me and talking with Dan and Frankie all the time. Um, but I'd like to see if I can try to get some people on the phone. I've got a couple of uh, people I know in the industry who may be willing to help us out, like. Um, and a guy I just talked to this week on Twitter, a nice guy named Nathaniel Tolley. Nate, if you're listening to the show, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for the love on Twitter, and uh, I really love your book. Nate wrote a book called Pumpkin Cinema, The Best Movies for Halloween. And basically, this is the exact book I wish I would have written um, if I were to ever write a book. It's just like a list of literally all of the best like Halloween-themed movies and TV shows and um just crazy horror stuff that's good to watch during this time of this time of year. My my the way this differs from my like the list I'm putting together on my blog is that this book goes into detail on all of these all of these movies. It's like a you know a 200 some page book. And on my blog, I'm really just writing down the stuff that I'm watching on Netflix, stuff that's in my personal Blu-ray collection at home, um, and on other streaming platforms. Just uh, whatever I'm finding that looks interesting or that I enjoy that I'm 
that I enjoy watching during this time of year. So that's so that's what my blog is, and I tell you um, also like where to watch it. So if you have a Netflix account, I say you can watch this on Netflix so that you, because I, I, my job, I want to make it easier for people that are looking for stuff to watch for Halloween. Um, I want to make it easier for them to find. So I'll say, you know, it's a, you can find it on Netflix, you can find it on Shutter, you can find it on HBO, or you can, you know, find it at Best Buy for five bucks or whatever. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry. We're uh, Nate Tolley. I'm going to try to see if I can get him on the show at some point. I've also got a buddy, James Cox, who, um, just directed a film called Control Alt Delete. It's a really, really cool sci-fi thriller that's kind of been making the rounds at some small, uh, some small film festivals around the country. Um, I'll see if we can get him on the phone at some point. Um, and then also you've heard us, if you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard us talk about, um, uh, Sick House, um, the, the made for Snapchat horror movie. And, um, at one point in time, right after Dan and I watched the film, I had a, a brief interaction with, um, the director, Hannah McPherson and, uh, one of the stars of the movie, uh, Lucas. And, um, so, Hannah was a nice girl, and so um, I'd like to try to maybe reach out to her, see if she can maybe give us some details on the Sick House sequel, which is supposedly in the works. Um, I think that would be really cool, especially this month. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming up from The Real. And, um, yeah, hopefully next week for sure I will be back with Dan and Frankie, and we will start talking more about some horror stuff. And I know Dan's always got his red box finds, and we'll check in with them to see how the 300 movie challenge is going. Um, so yeah, you don't want to miss it and we'll see you next time in the wise words of someone important. Do it for cinema.